And now, live from Level 5 Productions on the island of Milleronia, it's The Larry Miller Show! Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, and everyone who loves hitchhiking. Hi, folks, and welcome back to The Larry Miller Show. I'm Larry Miller, but in a way, aren't we all? And boy, oh boy, it was beautiful today. And uh, Colonel Jeff and I are on the mainland. We're at Stately Miller Manor. We're not on Milleronia. And there's a reason for that, after all. There's always a reason for everything. And uh, boy, oh boy, I'll tell you what. You know, even when it's, well, I've been a really hot streak in the weather. Not on Milleronia, because again, I control it there. But it, even when it gets hot, it can just be beautiful. Today was beautiful here in Southern California. And I know that the uh, the music always makes me happy anyway. it It really does. Of course... That was the Alan Hale Orchestra and the Ann Sheridan Dancers featuring boy tenor Mike Lucking asking the musical question, If I'm with my best girl at the beach and a bully comes and kicks sand in my face, what do I do? Good question, Mike. And, you know, in a situation like that, and I hope everyone, all you folks out there agree, the the best and the most important thing to do is protect your girlfriend. Hey, I mean, she's your best girl. You don't want the bad guy to mess her up. And uh, so what you do is well, as soon as you see that guy coming and he rears back one of his feet and he's just going to, well, kick up a big shovel full of uh, sand and going for your face, but your girlfriend is right there. So what you do is, first of all, protect her, cover her up. And, you know, once you do that, I'll bet you nine out of ten times a a bully, a bad guy, is just going to go, ah, he's going to get all annoyed and storm off. And what you can do is you, then you say to your girlfriend, you okay? Because, you, you know, you you can say, uh, you okay, honey? And she's, yeah, yeah, I'm all right. And uh, brush, you know, some sand off her forehead. And uh, even if it's not there, you know, just brush it off and... To show you how, uh, well, what a nice guy you are. Give her a little kiss on the forehead and smile at her. And, you know, and she'll smile back at you. And then, well, tell her, you know, hey, I just, you know, I want to still hold you close like this because just in case that guy comes back. And you know, who knows what he'll be up to then. And she'll probably agree with that. And And then so you do, you just, well, kiss her on the cheek and smile. And then kiss her on the other cheek and smile. And she might giggle and you might giggle. And then hold her hand as you're, well, then give her a kiss, you know, as long as you're, well, on top of her. And then uh, at that point, sure, you know, you can, you know, brush some uh, some sand off her breast. And I mean, uh, I don't mean you should uh, annoy other people on the beach there, but just... No one's really going to notice that, and people will understand too. You know, they say, "Oh, the the bad guy was a bully, and uh, he's protecting his best girl." And uh, I think they'll all uh, well come to their senses after about twenty minutes. You know, when you're just you and your girl are 
just kind of making out. But that's the thing to do. And then you can both stand up and, well, giggle it off and walk hand in hand, either to the ocean or to the snack bar to get a hot dog or to, you know, Motel 6, whatever you like. That's my point. Whatever you want, you and your best girl decide. But, Mike, I'll tell you what, that's a pretty good question. And uh, he, Mike Lucking is wondering, if I am with my best girl at the beach and a bully comes and kicks sand in my face, what do you do? You know what? You fight back by making out with your girlfriend. Even just saying that, by the way, it didn't, didn't seem to make a lot of sense, but it, it sure did to me when I first thought of it. I think Colonel Jeff agrees. That makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah. Let me just ask one of our doggies is here, Ozzy, and... Does that make sense to you, Ozzy? Okay, he's pretending to be just asleep on the floor here in the studio, but I think that makes good sense to him, too. And so thanks, Mike, as always. And I mentioned Alan Hale and Ann Sheridan in the beginning there, and I, it uh, they deserve to be called the great Alan Hale and the great Ann Sheridan. Wonderful actors, from, well, the, the 30s and 40s. And Alan Hale, what a great actor. You've seen him. By the way, he was uh, well in Errol Flynn's movie Robin Hood. Still the greatest Robin Hood I've ever seen. The greatest Robin Hood story. Alan Hale, you know, a big muscular man and beefy. And what talent he had. He could play any one of a hundred different characters. And he uh, he and Errol Flynn were good friends. In fact, very good friends, close friends, and that, sure, they used to hang out together and get together during the day and, well, you know, go someplace where we can get, I don't know, an iced tea or something like that, and especially on a hot summer day, and uh, maybe it was just a giant glass of whiskey instead, and you know, whatever it was, but they were both, I love both those guys, and uh, Alan Hale, by the way, could be called Alan Hale Sr. because he had a son named Alan Hale Jr. And you all know him, well, in, from movies and also so many TV shows, and the most famous of which was as the skipper on Gilligan's Island. That's Alan Hale Jr. And I always liked that guy a lot, too. He comes from a good family of talent. And Sheridan. Wow. I mean, holy mackerel, God bless her. What a great actress. And just the most beautiful woman in 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 her day of, oh, holy mackerel, she could talk her way in anything, any character. And she was, uh, she played Jimmy Cagney's girlfriend in Angels with Dirty Faces, for instance. And, well, it came out that uh, Jeff saw a movie. The reason I was thinking of them was... Uh, Colonel Jeff saw a movie over the weekend. He was, uh, well, feeling a little under. He had a little germ. And he w found a station that played all the best old movies. And he, he loves them the way I love them. And one of them was They Drive by Night, which I've seen years ago. I mean, more like closer to being a kid. And that's with... Uh, Starring George Raft and Humphrey Bogart. Is that good enough for you? And Alan Hale and Anne Sheridan. So that's why I wanted to mention them and say, God bless you both. 
you were great, and you are great. And by Amazon. That's right, Amazon. Still the finest company in the world. And you can get anything you want from Amazon. Anything you can possibly think of, anything you can imagine, except, of course, an actual Amazon. I don't think they send those out. You can't. If they do, by the way, if you're home one day and the doorbell rings and doon, doon, and then you open it up and there's, well, an Amazon. Uh, you know, she's 6'4 and great muscles and a great figure and just gorgeous. I mean, first of all, the most important thing is call us and make sure we know. Well, here at, well, at the center of the show, it's Stately Miller Manor. And even if we're on Milleronia, the calls go right through there and we'll come by fast, but fast. And we'll, uh, we'll greet the, uh, Amazon princess that, uh, they sent to you. And we'll shake hands with you and give you a nice pair of sunglasses and, or something about like that. And then we'll take the Amazon off to headquarters to make sure she's happy and comfortable and doesn't get, well, freaked out by modern society. She, she might by us, but not modern society. In any case, though, you know what? Amazon is terrific. Go to Amazon. Get anything you want. And you can get your laptop, your iPhone, anything you have. We'll get you to Amazon. But mostly, we'll get you there. Let us take you there. Go to our website, LarryMillerPodcast.com. Who's on the mountain? Tom Mix. Oh, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have had the fish. But, you know, Amazon, yes, go to us. We'll get you there. We have a banner that says Amazon. Click our banner when you, when you go to our website. And we'll get then at that point, go, go lie down in your easy boy chair and lean it back and just put a magazine over your face and take a nap. We'll take care of the rest. So thank you, Amazon. Thank you, folks. And our job is to get you both together. And that brings me to my favorite part of the show, the joke of the week. And, uh, well, you know what? This is a pretty good one, too. We, uh, Colonel Jeff and I both got a nice uh, giggle out of this one. And uh, I hope you do, too. An elderly couple goes every year, once a year, to the state fair. And they're not that old. They're in their 50s or 60s, and... uh they're a good close couple. It's Walter and Ethel. And every year, well, they enjoy it. They go here, they go there. They throw little rings over Coke bottles, and they, they get a bite to eat. But every year, Walter still feels a little pulled because they have a helicopter ride. And there's a guy there, and it's $50 for an hour. And uh, Walter keeps thinking, gee, you know, and he always says to his wife, he says to Ethel, you know, I... uh Boy, I, I, yeah, I'd like to go up on that. I'd like to, you know, go on the helicopter and see what that's like to look at the whole area from a helicopter. And Ethel uh, says to him, well, I, I know that sounds good, but re remember, Walter, $50 is $50. And he says, you know, you're right. That's true. And so he never goes up and they don't go up. And uh, every year, though, the same thing. And they go there and they have a terrific time at the state fair. 
But he always says they pass the guy and in his helicopter, just, you know, leaning against it. And uh, Walter says again to Ethel, you know, I uh, I want to go. I'd like to go in a helicopter. And she says, it's the same. I know, sweetie, but $50 is $50. He says, yes, you know, actually, you're exactly right. Yes. And uh, so every year goes by and he never goes on it. After 25 more years, they get there back at the state fair, and Walter says to her this time, gee, you know, honey, I, I got to be on with you, honest with you. I'm, I'm 87 now. I don't know how long I'm going to, uh, I'm, I'm going to live. And well, I, I have a feeling if, if I don't go up on the helicopter now, I may never do it. And, uh, and she looks at him and smiles and says, Oh, I don't know. Well, $50 is 50. And, and at that second, the pilot just strolls over to them and says, Hiya, folks. You know what? I see you every year coming here. And I know you want to go up on the helicopter. And boy, boy, yes. And he says, I tell you what, I'll make you a deal. Come on, both of you onto the helicopter and I'll take you up and I'll show you the whole area and I'll do, oh, do a couple of tricks and go this way and spin this way and that way. And, uh, the deal is this. If you don't say a word and don't scream and don't overreact and just stay silent during the whole trip, I'll give it to you for free. No charge. And then so Walter and Ethel look at each other and smile. And then the guy says, and if you do yell, if you do scream, if you uh, uh, whatever you do, well, then I'm going to charge you the $50. And they said, great. And they get on the plane. He leads them onto the helicopter. And they, well, they get on there and he gets in his, in the pilot's position and he sure enough turns the whole thing on and up they go. And folks, he does everything. He takes them up and he spins this way. Then he does a flip. He goes around that way. Then he does kind of a dive and just go, oh, turns and goes back up again and everything. And they don't make a sound. And, uh, he's, well, how do you like that? The pilot thinks. And so he does it again. He g- gives him a, all the stuff again. Every trick he has. Go this way, out way, this sideways, bang, up, down. And folks, the same thing. They don't make a sound. And he lands them after an hour. He lands them back down, back uh, where they started. And he turns around and says to Walter, buddy, I've got to hand it to you. I'm very impressed. I really thought you were going to crack there, but you didn't, and good for you. And Walter says, well, to be honest, I almost said something when Ethel fell out, but $50 is $50. (laughs) I hope you like that. We got a kick out of that. That's in the holy mackerel world of jokes. Wow. So she, she just fell out. And that was about 500 feet up, and he doesn't know where she'd, no one knows where she'd be. And uh, but there you go. That's a good joke, and I hope you like it. And as always, if you do, keep it alive. Tell it to your friends at work or your family, all your loved ones and friends, because, well, keeping a good joke going is like keeping good music going. And I hope you agree. And that brings me to my second favorite part of the show. The Poetry Corner. 
that string quartet. This is a terrific poem. It's called When You Are Old by the great William Butler Yeats. When you are old and gray and full of sleep and nodding by the fire, take down this book and slowly read and dream of the soft look your eyes had once and of their shadows deep. How many loved your moments of glad grace and loved your beauty with love false or true, but one man loved the pilgrim soul in you and loved the sorrows of your changing face and bending down beside the glowing bars, murmur a little sadly how love fled and paced upon the mountains overhead and hid his face amid a crowd of stars. Isn't that nice? Isn't that lovely? As I uh, said to the colonel, well, you can't beat Yates. And uh, I don't know why you'd try, but stop trying, because you can't do it. And that brings me to my third favorite part of the show. M.M.M. The Magic Movie Moment. This is a terrific movie, and it was a great Broadway, a huge hit Broadway play, and it's Fiddler on the Roof from 1971, directed by Norman Jewison, and what a cast, good Lord. And it's a terrific movie, and all the folks who wrote this great music, and based on all these stories by Shalom Aleichem, by the way, and uh, about Tevya the Milkman and his family in the Pale in Russia, in imperialist Russia, before the Russians said, you know what? Time to throw all the Jews out. And it's a wonderful story with so many great characters and so many good, oh boy, the comedy in this is just fabulous. And that's no kidding. You find yourself, you it's the classic, you laugh and you cry, and you've never felt better about both. And uh, the magic movie moment for me in this, and there are so many, but the magic movie moment for me is that uh, Tevya and his wife, Golda, are in town with their kids, and they've done a couple of things, a couple of errands, and uh, Golda says, okay, let's go home now. And she starts to walk off, and Tevya says, wait a minute, wait a minute. I I came to see Muddle's new machine. His son-in-law got a new sewing machine, and that was pretty good. That was wild, in fact. They were very poor. But uh, for a young tailor to get a sewing machine, that was really something. And Tevya says, that's why we came in to, to see so I could see the, see the machine. And, and Golda says, you'll see it some other time. And let's go home now. And Tevye says, no, I'll see it now. And what we see is a great moment in a, in a marriage come up. That's why I came, and that's what I'll do. I'm going to see it, and then we'll go home. And his wife stands there and folds her arms, and she's not happy. She's got an angry look on her face. And there Tevye goes, which is about 20 feet away, up to the front door there of his son-in-law's and daughter's house. 
and he opens the door, walks in, closes the door, slam. Two seconds later, door opens again, he walks out, closes the door and says, there, I've seen it, now we can go. And that's, of course, he walks off, strutting like the man of the house, and his wife is just, boy, she's got those arms folded still, and it's not going to be a pleasant time back at the house. But that's a great moment. That's a great, well, marriage moment anyway, but uh, very, very good stuff. If you haven't seen Fiddler on the Roof, either one of the many, many hundreds and hundreds of thousands of productions that are done all over the United States and Canada and all over the world, and if you haven't seen the movie, see it, folks. Fiddler on the Roof. You'll be glad you did. And that made me think of my younger son because he's going back to school tomorrow. Our older son is uh, already at work. He's, uh, and he'll get back late tonight, somewhere around ooh, one or two in the morning. And, uh, but this is our younger son's trip back to school. And he's going to drive back. He drove out here. And uh, then he's going to drive back. And that's not an easy trip. That's from Colorado. And uh, he and I drove off this afternoon to, uh, to do things for him, just things he had to do. Get his car washed and waxed and filled with gas. And each of those things, you know, those are important. You know that. And plus, just being with someone you love. You know, uh, I said to him, hey, if you want, I'd like to come along with you. He said, sure. And uh, so we both showered up and put our hot day clothes on and got in his car and uh, did that. The car wash and wax and filled with gas. And Mommy was making his favorite dish for dinner that night, chicken cacciatore. Boy, she, she makes a beauty of a dish out of that, and he loves it. And this was, oh, about 3, 3.30 now. And... Uh, Boy, he, she really makes a beauty. And uh, he and I, by the way, after doing all his chores, also stopped at the bank for him to get some cash for the trip. And it so happens, it just so happens the bank is across a little street from McDonald's. And uh, so he and I did that with the cash machine. And okay, there we go. And I'm just so happy to be with him. And he's happy and we both smile. And then we went back to the car, and uh, we got in the car, and I said to him, okay, look, this is technically breaking a rule. I mean, we want to, mommy's making a, your favorite dish, and it's not an easy thing to make. It's not, uh, she's really got to go, well, up and down and around to make that thing. And uh, But, well, he and I hadn't had lunch, and I said to him, the truth is I'd, I I wouldn't mind a bite. Can we just stop in some place? Doesn't have to be huge, anything. But, you know, and he, he and I said, I mean, we're here at McDonald's, and uh, it's right, right at the where the car is parked. And I said, doesn't have to be there. It could be anything, and it doesn't have to be big. Just you know, here it is now. It's three thirty, and you know, should we? And he said, you know, I, I wouldn't mind a bite too. And I know what you mean that. Uh, doesn't have to be something big, and we can, 
We can just eat, get, eat half of what they give you. And I said, that uh, sounds good. Or I would have said that if I hadn't already been running to McDonald's. And uh, we so we both just you know walked in and got uh, what did we get? We each got a quarter pounder, and he got uh, a cup for some water. And I did well. And another another sin. I I got a medium Coke. I like Coke, and I thought, well, what about better time on a hot day like this after doing all those chores? And uh, so I did that, and we sat down at the table. And just as we said, we had uh, about half of each quarter pounder. And it's not that you want to could, – could we have eaten the whole thing? Well, sure, but why? Why bother? Let's have a good meal with this terrific thing that you love and that Mommy's making right now. And he said, sure. And uh, you know what? We did that, went back to the car, got in, and I'm wearing, by the way, a T-shirt he gave me when he was a younger guy, and I wanted to make sure that I didn't, well, spill ketchup or burger juice on the T-shirt. And I said to him, by the way, you know, because women have a power that men don't understand that. I said, just, just doing this, just walking into McDonald's, I'm sure mommy's at home in front of her computer, and then just suddenly, you know, the eyes look up and just, uh, just, she she knows, they know. But you know what we did? We got back here, and there's nothing better. She made a great batch, and it's funny, too. She went downstairs with a plate full to watch the Democratic debate while she ate, She's really into it and wants to see all the stuff with all the, well, all the commentators and all of what these folks say. And uh, and he sat down in the living room while eating so he could play his favorite video game, Death, Death, Death. And I had a small plate, too, in our bedroom, which is the biggest sin of all. And I, uh, I'm glad we're in the studio. I didn't want to say it too loud, but... Uh, my, you know, my wife doesn't like if I eat in the in in bed there, and she's not wrong. You know, especially with stuff, and I just didn't have a I didn't have a big portion because I was still full from McDonald's. But you know, then you you have that, and uh, so you could say we all ate separately. But sometimes, well, why the heck not? Hmm. I hope you agree with that. Of you know what? Sure, it's his last night in town, and uh, but everyone seemed to want to do that. You know, my wife wanted to go down and watch the show she likes, and he wanted to play uh, video games and help strangle some of the bad guys. And sure, I could go in the room and watch Wagon Train. You know, one of the old stations that I love too, and. So he's he's off and about now. Our older boy is at work already for the night. And uh, and our younger one, after dinner, well, he washed up and cleaned everything off. And he left Stately Miller Manor already to see his friends one more time. And it's not going to be a late night either, because tomorrow then I'm going to make him a, a great breakfast. 
which I do, and help him pack the car. Then he'll shower, shave, load everything up, and hug all of us, including the doggies, and uh, stop off quickly at his summer job where that wasn't, get his final check, and then off on a big drive to college. And this is a big drive, by the way. I mean, this is this is quite a way. This isn't two or three hundred miles. This this joint is a thousand miles. But he's a great driver. God bless him, and he's done it before, back and forth. And uh, it made me think about some of my old trips back to school. I mean, once that's why I mentioned hitchhiking in the beginning because my good friend Willie Kitts uh, from school came uh, came home for me for a three day weekend. Came home with me. We were on Long Island. We went to school in uh, Western Massachusetts at Amherst, and they uh, they had a great time. My parents and and with me and Willie and our plan, as we you know told uh, my folks, was yeah we'll take the train up from uh, and my dad drove us on Monday, just as he was going to go to work, so he drove us uh, to the train station in Jamaica, in Queens, and we're going to take that train up a ways and, uh, well, go back to school. But as he left and we waved and hugged and shook hands and all of that, and he went back to his work, and they, uh, Willie and I walked in with our big suitcases, walked into the train station, but it was a phony. He and I knew, he and I had already talked about, you know what? Let's hitch back. Let's hitchhike back. And that was a little wild, maybe not so wild, but it, we we thought about that. And as soon as my dad, God bless him, pulled off, and then uh, Willie and I just took those big suitcases and pounded back out the door and out off to the freeway there, the highway, and stood on the right and stuck our thumbs out. And you know what? It was fine. It was terrific. Well, we were all, we weren't sloppy. I mean, sure, we had jeans and sneakers and probably uh, both of us had long hair. That's right, hair. I had hair. And you know what, though? And uh, we got picked up. Didn't take much time at all. And uh, nice fellow picked us up. And we said, well, we're going up to Massachusetts. And he, uh, we needed to hitch one more ride along the way. But this was fine. Because we could stop along the way and get a Coke at a, well, a local hot shop or one of the one of the freeway restaurants there, or I'd get a burger, and uh, well, we bought this fella anything he wanted because why not? So we got him a burger too and a cold Coke and a nice big cup with lots of ice, and then we got back up to school. That was kind of nice. It was only about if you time it out. I suppose that's a three hour ride if you're just going to ride up there and then if you stop for a bite well it's another 20 minutes or a half hour but so what we were were having a good time and and uh he was all right and he was a nice fella and uh that was a terrific drive back and nothing weird happened we didn't uh, and the next car we hitched on this guy had a truck but the next car was also it's fine so he's going up there. Why the heck not? And uh, boy, it reminded me of another one. I 
I borrowed my parents' car once, and I was driving back at our house on Long Island, and I was going to drive back to school in their car, and I was going to pick up my good friend Mark Glister uh, from school also. And, uh, boy, is Mark is, is a great guy. He's a, he works in, in wood, and he's a craftsman. He's very, very talented at it, and also a great athlete. He's uh, really a world-class, he played soccer at school and also rugby. He was, and he looked just right for rugby. That's a compliment. I mean, he was about 6'4", and uh, muscular and fast and tough. And we had a good ride together. I picked him up in New York, and then we just headed up in uh, nice summer weather. And uh, that trip, had a little hitch thrown in, so to speak, because I decided that night when we got there, because, again, it's only, we didn't need to stop for anything. Okay, we did, but, I mean, we didn't need to. And that was, we can have a, a beer or two and another burger or something. But when I got back up to school with Mark, and that was when also all the reunions were about to happen. That was just after graduation time or leading up to, I can't even remember, and all the tents were up. These are big tents, too. These were like, uh, not circus tents, not 50 feet high. But these were, you know, held up by poles. And, well, starting the next day, they were going to be filled up with tables and foods and beer and kegs and bottles and, and a lot of people. So, naturally, I thought the thing to do that night was to drive my parents' car into one of the big unused tents and knock down all the poles. Okay, I didn't say this was the smartest thing I've ever done, but it was, uh, well, it was terrific, frankly, and I wouldn't knock them down going 35 miles an hour, but I would go up to a pole with the front end and just go tap into it and stop there, and then... Then you step on the gas slowly and just to push the pole away and off its foundation there. And I did that. Well, I did, you know, I did about 20 poles like that. And now, sure, by the way, you could say, well, wait a minute. What about the gigantic bumps that are put in the roof of your parents' car? Well, okay. And what about all the big you know, really wrapping in there on the bumpers. Okay. But you know what? That wound up being a great trip, too. And, yeah, I... Well, sure, I, I paid for whatever. It wasn't really, really, really bad damage, but it was... Well, it wasn't the same condition as when I borrowed it. But my parents were okay, and, well, me and Glister were fine. I told Colonel Jeff that uh, he was just, what a great guy. And uh, we oh, we were always good friends. We still are. And uh, I remember when I told him what I had done, we were knocking down the poles, because I went back to one of the places, and he had a cup of beer and handed me one. And I told him what I had just done. And he wasn't the type of guy who would say, what are you, stupid? How are you crazy? It's your parents' car, this or that. He was. He just said, oh, "Okay, that's." Uh, and that was that was a great part of that trip. I hope 
you know what a good trip is like that. I hope you've had them too and will in the future. Oh, you don't have to knock down tent poles, but you know what? You'll know it's good because you and I know the same things. Homer is Homer and Pluto is a planet. So remember, folks, as always, if you walked out of bed today and had a job to go to and a home to come back to and someone there who cares about you, folks, the game's over and you've won. So be well, and you know what? Don't hit any poles. We'll see you here next time. <laughs>